Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hello and welcome to the 909 podcast. On this week's podcast, we're going to be talking about the Fontaine's debut album, Dogrel. And we'll be talking about tracks of the week from King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard, Rosalia, Peggy Goo, and more. I'm 909. I'm joined by my co host, Andrea Cleary. Hello. And we also have two special co hosts for the first time ever. We have Pillow Queen's Sarah. Hello. Pillow Queen's Pam. Hello. <laughs> How are you doing? Very well, excited to be here. Thanks yes, for having this us. Yes, it's an exciting new uh, journey for us all. Um, it's the first time we've ever had a uh, co-hosts in for the whole show. No pressure. Yeah, so... I'd like um, to be part of the debut. Yeah. <laughs> 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 so, uh, yeah, how are you guys doing? Really well. Um, yeah, we're excited for a busy summer. Yeah, looking you've got, forward to it. you've got some gigs coming up we were looking at there. You've got a lot coming up. You're uh, sporting Soak on a tour soon. Um, in May, right? In, yeah, we're heading of off on the fourth of May um, until the very end of May. I think the thirty first, and then we're right back into festivals. Then for the June bank holiday, so it'll be busy. Very Sweet, busy bees. Very, very busy. Sweet. And how are things uh, for you otherwise? In terms of you had your choice nom recently. That was exciting. Yeah, that was you're, exciting. You're wearing a very uh, nice jacket. If I, remember I was right wearing you. a very nice suit. You're very I just yeah. want to correct you Sorry, on that. Sorry, yes, yes. Uh, it you're has since ripped. <laughs> it ripped clean. entirely. It ripped entirely oh, the whole no. way down the butt. <laughs> uh, so I'm kind of actually thinking of sending it back to Zara and trying to get a refund so I can get another nice suit. I think you should. Those drunken lunges you do. Yeah, you're probably right. <laughs> I've um. heard the bus. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Uh, yeah, and uh, you're, well, one of the reasons you're on for synergy reasons mm-hmm. is because, and promotional reasons, uh, you're playing the gig that we are doing in uh, the Ground Social on April 13th, an all ages gig uh, yes. alongside uh, Squarehead and God Knows and Tebby Rex. Yes. Uh, and one of your tracks is on the vinyl that's coming out on that. Wow. It's also Record Store Day as well. So a lot of stuff thing happen, things happening on that day. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're, uh, there. yeah, so anyone who buys a ticket for that will get a, a vinyl and a gig 
and experience and pretty good value all ages it's all ages no i really wanted to do an all ages gig because i felt like there was a lot of value in doing that um, i don't see a lot of all ages gigs these days for me very rare did you yeah. guys go to all ages gigs when you were younger oh yeah i don't that's... Really have much of a social life so I, <laughs> <laughs> I think that's where like my love for music came from um was going to like dare I admit it but like blast gigs and that was kind of gigs. yeah no shame like, in that everyone went to blast yeah gigs, I, I mean there's some I like there was a class blast that Dallarento's played and there was a stage invasion and I was up there and I was like getting a taste for it being like I want to be on stage yeah and then, you know a few years later boom yeah cool yeah. um I I was actually a judge on one of the blast beat gigs way right. back and uh it was literally when cars were on it and oh, wow. we talked we talked about this in the context when they broke up did we talk about this at all i don't think so. well i don't know when was that when when the little green cars broke break they up they only announced it it's only like, like week last week yeah. yeah i don't even know if we discussed because it on no. this did we we watched the, the other voices that they were on oh, and that yeah. was show, the day they announced it was the day of that yeah show, so that was when we were in um Donegal. Mm. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But they were on, they were on the blast beat gig, um, and they were all fifteen, sixteen, and you could tell there was something very exciting happening yeah. with them. They hadn't quite like finished, um, you know, they hadn't quite got to the level where their songs were very together. But there mm. was clear amongst all these pop punk bands and like terrible rock bands, they were the ones that like were doing something different. Yeah. And uh, I think they won that time, and then they didn't win the final or something right. like that they were denied in a kind of a anti you know um they didn't get their uh ending like the mighty ducks yeah <laughs> you know, it didn't become the uh yeah did they have the, the same pump? name were they the, little green cars then yeah they oh, were wow. yeah. yeah they were cool. little green cars for a long time yeah like thinking about blast and the kind of vibe that it had i'm mm. just trying to imagine a, like even a band called little green cars yeah. being there because when i was there it was like Screamo. Yeah, yeah a lot like I when I was a teenager I lived in Navan I, I used to go to this all ages thing called Yamo which was put on the same night as Books which was like the big sort of dance music thing mm. so that they could keep the two groups like separate and there wouldn't <laughs> be any run-ins um and when you go to Yamo it's like all local bands and then we'd like come to Dublin for blast and it'd yeah be like oh this big road trip up to Dublin and it was all I was wearing like red eyeliner and I was in very much in my Jared Way phase of life back then. So yeah, all ages gigs are great. Yeah. Like it's it's good for kids to get a taste of like live music. Um, young, like you said, like and even just looking and being exposed to um, people on stages and thinking, yeah. oh, I could do that. You know, they're very expensive to put on, as far as I know. Like, they definitely. Yeah, I will used say. Yeah, the, that is the one disappointing and disheartening thing. that we are doing it in the Grand Social, which gave us a good rate on the venue and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But some of the regular venues, so I won't name, were because they were not getting bar sales, they like hiked their fees up significantly. Mm -hmm. yeah. But we're doing an afternoon gig, right? So the venue wouldn't be open. So we were kind of hoping a bit more for a bit of a deal in terms of, okay, you'll give us the venue. It'll be more a case of, you know, we're trying to do something different and new and like something that should be done more often. So, you know you're not going to get bar sales during the day. Is that okay? Yeah. <laughs> but it became quite like, uh, we didn't have much choice where we wanted to put it on. Not that we, like Grand Social weren't the choice that we wanted to do, but we, when we talked to a few different venues, I was just surprised by the by the fees we were quoted. Like yeah. we were quoted a grand for a gig in the afternoon uh, at our first before staff and now all that kind of stuff. So you're like, wow, okay. Um, it was quite significant for me. So um, yeah. But we are doing this as part of the Music Town program and they are helping us out with some of that stuff as that's well. Good. So uh, it's good. So we're looking forward to that. That is April 13th. That's our plug out of the way. Um, <laughs> so 
what have we been up to in the last week since we last left you? Actually, when we left the last podcast, we were literally out the door to see Empress of. Yes, we were, yeah. And that was our first of two gigs in Whelan's this week, or last week. Uh, how was it for you, Dre? It was really good. It was the first of a string of gigs for me, so it was a nice way to kick it off. Um, I really, really enjoyed it. I thought she had loads of energy. Um, I came around to, because I... I was a big fan of the single she put out um, when I'm with him. And then when I listened to the album, it just didn't, something in it didn't click with me. And then I expected when I saw her live that it would, and it did. So I was really, really happy about that. I thought she was fantastic. Result. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. She was great. I love her. I think her music's brilliant and uh, a lot of energy on stage. A lot of, she had, uh, was wearing her and her uh, percussionist and... She was doing other stuff as well. Beat maker yes. person. Was, yeah. They had uh, wearing um, outfits that her mother had designed. <laughs> and made. <laughs> and made. Yeah. Yes, yes. Uh, basically, she saw something that was like, I want this, but it's really expensive. And her mother was like, I'll make this for you. Yeah. Wow. Uh, Tina yeah. Knows. yeah. <laughs> That's a real <laughs> Destiny's Child like, Yeah. I like yeah. that. It was really good. It was, and, and the whole set was like kind of like a DJ set in the surprise way. Yeah, it was interesting because she didn't take a break between songs like at all really there was very very little kind of interaction with the crowd and then towards the end she was like I'm really shy I'm sorry but I'm gonna just communicate through my music we're all like it's fine but it did feel like a DJ set it felt really kind of um it just kind of kept driving forward and yeah there was one segue during two songs that was uh she had like she played thank you next Ariana Grande. Oh yeah, I forgot about yeah. that. That was In between strange. Two of the songs, so that, yeah. that was unexpected. It was. Uh, it was good. And uh, and then I left you on Thursday, and you you had a great night on Friday. Where I did, did you go? I went off on my own quest. Um, I attended the pop concert. Picture this in the three yeah. arena, um, with um, no encores and Joe Dottie's Dave Hanratty, who is who was sent for the five nights to report on the experience of going to five nights picture this in did a he row go? he did all five no of them. he didn't yeah, yeah. no he so didn't. it was what wednesday thursday friday saturday sunday and i was there for the friday so right right in the middle and um i mean the gig itself was one experience watching dave watch the gig for the third time was another experience <laughs> he was starting to slowly lose his mind like a piece of confetti came down from the ceiling and he was like i recognize that confetti yeah no he, he was like there was no confetti the past two nights is there going to be confetti tonight and he was like oh, just God. looking all paranoid yeah. i was like dave it's okay but um yeah was there it confetti was, there was no confetti oh yeah gosh. just one little piece of confetti but I feel like that happens sometimes at gigs where you just see one little bit of confetti and you're like that's been up there since like 1970 yeah. it's just it's just been like shoofed off shoofed <laughs> shoofed uh, we're going with shoofed I like <laughs> it <laughs> but um gig itself was bizarre like mm. just being amongst that crowd of like completely devoted fans for this band that like I'll admit I don't really get it musically like it's it's not it's not pitched for me I'm not the target audience that's fair but um it was like it was you know at Ed Sheeran levels what is the age range of people the age range that was there was funny it was a lot of like kind of 16 to 18 year olds and then there was a lot of kind of maybe late 20s kind of groups of gals from work that <laughs> was the only way yeah. I could describe them um loads of people up from the country as well like it was just it was bizarre um but it was nice because looking around it was 
clearly a lot of people's first gigs and to have your first gig in the three arena for a band that you're like obsessed with yeah that's a cool thing um loads of shifting just like if you if you went Tell down like more. yeah go into it. Bar, it was just like people in you and like, dave wow <laughs> scandal <laughs> you heard it here first <laughs> loads but, uh, of shifting. <laughs> i mean they're very romantic music modern love you might say <laughs> oh wow dave's gonna kill me <laughs> um, but no you go down near the bar and it's people either just pile out carnage some people either like pass it out or just entwine in each other before they go their separate 16 year old ways yeah, presumably like the Friday night <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah it's the last days of Rome like it was crazy yeah. presumably the Friday night was more uh, like that uh, back in Alien than, yeah uh, I don't, I don't know yeah because then I imagine the Saturday would have been you know the same crack but mm. Dave said it was like from from night one it was just so he has, he's gonna he's writing a piece on on all five nights. So yeah, I believe it's to come out on Saturday morning. On so, Joe Duddy. On so Joe Duddy. Yeah, that's a plug for for his so. uh, hard work. And uh, uh, I mean, he's he's literally doing the Lord's work. <laughs> God that's bless him. Groundhog Day. For it's gonna it's gonna write a piece about it. it's like they're misunderstood. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. His mind is changed. The best band to come out of Ireland since. You too. You too. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's, <laughs> I'm very excited to see where he goes with it. I wouldn't be surprised if by the time he gets to night five, it's just him like mashing the keyboard. <laughs> full, <laughs> full indoctrination. Yeah. Yeah. So I P- hope so. Pillow Queens, could you ever see yourselves playing on the uh, top roof of Empire State Building? Because that was their flex. You know what? I was really jealous when I saw that this was happening. Um, this was around the time of the Choice Prize Awards and they were kind of, you know, our competition. We were like... An, our only competition. Head to head with Picture <laughs> This. Yeah, it was just us and them and their fans and our fans against each other. And then... Um, then the video went up and it looked kind of grim and miserable, like yeah. of them up there with the wind blowing really. I just saw an acoustic thing. I didn't see anything else. That's yeah. all I saw. Yeah. Okay. So they literally I just went up. I thought it was going to be like Limp Bizkit. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah uh, like rolling. Rolling. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think it was more a case like someone just let them onto the roof. Like they opened the door. Yeah. Kind of thing. <laughs> we'll let you up there for a while. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So where that? would you do it if you were doing it somewhere? Uh, instead of know. Empire State. Top of Liberty oh, Hall. Yeah. Top of Liberty Hall. Yeah. That's the place. Like on, the, on, the, on the little, on the wavy things, like yeah. Mm. Oh, but no one could see us there. No. Project Art Center. <laughs> Aim high. <laughs> on top of the Project Art. Center. Yeah, there's a little sec- high, section there. Aim high, but not too there. high. What about gigs happen the, there before? The, par- the 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 car park in um, Stevens Green. That'd be lovely. <laughs> like literally. That can be arranged. It's like just over here. We can, yeah, we can sort it. it out for you after this. <laughs> so one of the other things uh, we went to see on Saturday uh, after your picture this experience was Julia Jacqueline. We're big fans of Julia the Jacqueline. The ultimate here. palate cleanser. <laughs> yes, it was a very different experience, I'm sure. Um, Julia Jacqueline's uh, second album, Crushing, is something we talked about here uh, recently and we were big fans of it. Um, so how did Julia Jacqueline shake up for you live? Uh, she was amazing and brilliant and beautiful and everything you want in a human being. Um, <laughs> the set was interesting. Was there more shifting at that gig? There was no more shifting, unfortunately, at that gig. I mean, Dave Hanroddy wasn't with me. So. <laughs> <laughs> He's actually going to kill me. Um, so, yeah, like the, the set was interesting because she played like a lot of her slow songs and it didn't really 
kick yeah. in noise wise. The entire until... set was basically very low key, very yeah. quiet until the last two songs. Last much. two songs, she did "Pressure to Party" last, I think. Yeah, like her, which is great. Her kind of trashy guitar one towards the very, very end, which was a bold move, but like it didn't really matter because people in Wheelands were just like loving it, completely loving it. Yeah, yeah, and, it was uh, fantastic. What did you think? It was so jammers as well. It was the only thing I ended up standing up by the uh, the sound desk in the new like area that they have that kind of connects the bar and the the back and the venue. Do you know that part? I don't think I've seen this part. Yeah, yeah. they've done it up a little bit. Uh, certainly the bar upstairs is gone and uh, then there's a whole other toilets. I didn't even know there's new toilets in behind oh. the bar. Yeah, so uh, new to me as well. So I hadn't been to Whelan's for a while until this week. Yeah, but it, it was, was really, packed. Yeah, it was super packed. Really great gig. Um, I really enjoyed hearing those songs live mm-hmm. and actually one of the songs from the first album Don't Let the Kids Win really stuck with me lyrically yeah because I could she just delivered it in a very different way that I really like felt it um, but really beautiful songs and uh, very restrained for most of it and yeah. lovely and we went to Zakura beforehand for dinner and everybody I was with at the table um we were, mo- we're all going pretty much, but there was two people that didn't have tickets and we were like, oh, I don't know how we're going to get in because, you know, you can only flex your muscles so much for, for, for a guest list. <laughs> and then Julia Jacqueline came in and somebody I was with had interviewed her for Hot Press earlier that day. And it turns out that um, he got her, he got everybody else on the guest list. There was two people who weren't on the guest list. Um, so that was great. And she's wearing a little blossom hat and she was in, turns out she'd been in for lunch and dinner. Um, so and everyone else ended up who I was with other than me I just let them alone but they all, they all I wasn't there you weren't there I would have just you sobbed, came in at the end I think yeah. um, so it's probably everyone went up best. and told her how lovely her album was yeah. which was nice yeah, yeah so that's uh, sweet. and we we did that thing where it was like don't look now but Julia Jackson's over there and seven fa- heads just like <laughs> so yeah it was a great gig it was really enjoyable um, have you guys been to any gigs recently? I went to see Fat Pablo in the Ruby sessions last night, <laughs> uh, which was really good because they stripped back kind of their, because they're quite, you know, very big sound band in Ruby sessions, so like quiet. And I just thought it was amazing. It was a really beautiful set. You know, they were able to do something, um, reinterpret their, their music in a different way. And I think that's, you know, something I would love to be able to do, but it's very hard and very commendable. And it was it was gorgeous. But the Ruby Sessions is that kind of place, right? So small, intimate, you kind of have to strip back because there's not room for a full band, really. Have you guys done, done Ruby Sessions before? Yeah, I did it once or twice. Yeah, we did it with Pillow Queens. We did a... Did we do fully acoustic or did we do... Um, I think we had a guitar with yeah, an amp like an or guitar, something like that. But never. There's never a kit or anything. Not when we're very anti-Cajon. I think <laughs> most bands oh, are. Sure. Don't bring out the Cajon, no. ever. Well, it kind of puts you in a space where you're just like, here, let's... Um, see what other weird things we can do mm. with certain songs and it's really it's really cool to see what um big bands do when they have to uh kind of change up how they perform uh, and you know when it goes well it goes it's pretty it's a pretty cool thing to see the first time i saw saint sister was at the ruby sessions and it was just the perfect environment for them because i think i ended up weeping probably through the first song yeah and then i was hooked from that moment on it's a weird thing with Ruby Sessions people cry at I played it years ago and um, uh, the band I was in did a cover of uh, uh, Black Black Street what's that song No Diggity No Diggity diggity. it wasn't because I was there yeah Yeah. you didn't know Diggity uh, my friends were like I cried (laughs) (laughs) I was like during that song okay that's a powerful performance (laughs) my god (laughs) Uh, did you catch anyone else at the Ruby Sessions 
uh, no, I arrived late. Uh-huh. So I only. Can't. I think Roe played as they, well. And I'd love did, to yeah. see Roe play in like a stripped back environment. Because mm-hmm. um, I know they opened for um, Snow Patrol in like giant arena type situations. And I'd, yeah, I'd be interested in seeing them in different environments. You'd welcome that. Yes, uh, I haven't seen Ro for a while. She's really great. Um, I, I, yeah, I've actually did. Last time I saw her was just her and her own, but uh, mm. she was in Belfast as part of Output. Uh, that was really great. She was really good. Um, yeah, I haven't seen her for a while, though. I saw her open for Alvaretti in a church in Drumcondra. Oh, yeah. That sound, was really cool. Sounds from an old place. Yes, that sounds familiar. Yes, I love gigs in churches. Yeah, really nice. Great. So we talked a lot about festivals in the last few weeks on the podcast and uh, one festival that happened over the weekend that was notable for the wrong reasons uh, was Ultra Music Festival. Have you guys seen this at all? Yeah. <laughs> so this was Colonel Sanders, the uh, <laughs> the KFC mascot, did a DJ set uh, live from the stage. At Don't Ultra. adjust your di- dials. And yeah, this, that actually happened. <laughs> this is what it sounded like. Hello, Kentucky! Sorry, where? Miami? Really? Oh, now I'm uh, uh, Hello, Miami! I am Colonel Sanders. I am everywhere. Stay there. Any y'all hungry for some beets? Okay, that's enough of that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yes, this is something that uh, we are definitely living in uh, post-apocalyptic times when uh, you're a brand gets up on stage. So if you haven't seen the video for this, basically there's a guy on stage looking like your man Marshmallow, except for he's wearing a Colonel Sanders head and he's basically trying to DJ or pretend DJing um, some songs belonging to KFC or whatever. I don't know. It's so weird. It's Those horrible. Fe- it's so weird. That festival is so weird. Have you ever seen Tomorrowland? Have you ever seen any videos from Tomorrowland? Yeah. Mm, it's I like a so. dance music festival in Belgium, I want to say. Uh, it's, yeah. yeah, it's very weird. It's in a, it's like, if you watch footage from that, it's like everything is really depressing and you, everyone is stuck in the same stadium and there's just like horrible EDM DJs playing all day. It's and they have this impressive like uh, setup. Uh, it's like this fake castle thing that they've built, but it's basically just a DJ who like loves himself. Uh, there's a great video of, of something that is there's a guy called Timmy Trumpet who's playing in Belfast soon. My God, his, oh, his yeah? stuff tomorrow. That's when I was looking at this kind of thing. Oh my God, they even actually had finger licking good coming up as uh, yeah, it was like be. flashing finger licking good, and it's just. Late Were they selling KFC like, at the festival? I mean, like, been, was yeah. it was it actually a direct ploy? It is. I, I think, though, imagine in an Irish context, like, if you're at Body and Soul and there's, like, a giant spice bag DJ and at one of the stages, you'd be like, yeah, this is deadly, <laughs> yeah. I'm into this, yeah. But, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's horrible and it's a capitalist nightmare. And if I was there, I think I probably would have thought that I'd just gone to hell. Like, it's know, just... Why would you stand there and watch... Uh, I think it's literally a case of that you are you have nowhere else to go at that festival. Yeah, so. it, like the impression I got was that like one of the acts had just finished and then this happened. Mm. And because w- when you watch the video, it's like there's some shots of the crowd and the crowd just like die. They're just like, what the fuck is this? Like, 
And it's, separate to anything else other than the fact that we are talking about KFC now, um, which is their intended view, uh, their intended uh, outcome, and they have 1.4 million views on that video alone. Speaking as a vegan, <laughs> I, I would like to come out and like unequivocally say that I'm against KFC and I do not endorse them or anything they do. Fair play. Thank but you. There's, <laughs> I'm also starving wasn't after the, listening to that. <laughs> it also wasn't the only thing that uh, the festival was notable for, was it? There was like other issues at the festival. Yeah. It was the first time I've heard the word fire festival being used as, uh, Adjective. Yeah, in, yeah, in reference to a festival. Yeah, so spin.com um, reported that um, it was just basically a mess. Um, there was like there was problems with buses, a tree caught fire um like the, n- nothing was kind of working. I don't think it was exactly fire festival too. I think no. I think people were just kind transport of transport issues. Yeah, like it's not it's not like you know every man for himself. Here's a cheese sandwich kind of situation. But um, I think people are probably waiting to like brand something with fire fest too. But the whole festival just looked like an absolute nightmare. Um, and yeah, it this would, it just would be my be, idea of hell. Yeah, that, that is my. Idea this just of seemed hell. to be like the how, how you how you sum it up. Colonel Sanders. Yeah. So, oh, sorry. <laughs> I heard people last year ch- thinking that altogether it was going altogether there was going to be another fire fest, but then you know they're like, is this going to be another fire fest? And, and then yeah, the weekend was like, they're absolutely delightful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's, we're still waiting for another fire fest. We don't want one. Hopefully, <laughs> um, I want to watch it burn. <laughs> yeah. Well, Ja Rule a while ago came out and said like, I want to do fire fest too, and I'm like, please do it, please do it. <laughs> if you were dumb enough to attend to pay for and attend fire fest too you deserve it like yeah do well, it. he can do that if he likes yeah um, <laughs> we, we definitely all watch that and see what happens uh, i don't have anyone go to it this time mm, yeah they? or any bands would actually agree to play it number one they <laughs> might ja rule and, and the dolphins <laughs> yeah that's about it. Um, but so that's one example of a brand uh, in music do getting it wrong but also doing it for the clickbait uh on the far side on the other side of the uh brand and music uh debate uh something a brand that's been doing stuff for music in in music for a long long time is red bull with the red bull music academy today they announced that um it's at when it arrives in in october it will be the very last edition of red bull music academy now i've attended two Red Bull Music Academies, thanks to Red Bull for bringing me, so I know what it was like. And it actually genuinely was one of the most impressive, uh, creative, thoughtful and brilliant pieces of, uh, just for the musicians that attended. It is so amazing. It's so, like the access you have and the equipment they give you and how they treat you and the general like inspiration that you get from two weeks at that is absolutely insane so it was really really it's uh, to me it's a very big loss um what shape does it take just from somebody who's not really overly familiar with it i've yeah, heard so, of the brand but i don't know is it a boot camp is it kind it's of- kind of like a summer camp um for musicians it happens in september though but it, that's that kind of idea everyone goes to a city for two weeks and the daytime is all lectures and the nighttime is some various gigs, and it's generally quite um, electronically driven. Uh, they have a lot of artists playing um, special kind of gigs. So when I was there, uh, who was playing? Um, One Oh Tricks Point Never did like a four dimensional uh, surround sound gig one of the nights, and then they'll have you know they'll take go to the city's clubs and venues, and they'll do gigs there, and then they'll give slots for. So uh, Daniel McIntyre 
well, from uh, Lula Hush and Amac. He was the Irish, one of the Irish guys who went this year, and uh, Mots as well, Jack Holloran. Um, so they were basically they have these lectures, and they have people like, like they've had Brian Eno, and they've had people down to him, like mastering engineers. Who I was there once for a guy doing a mastering engineer talk, and it was so fascinating because like people who don't get a chance to talk about their craft and they've been doing it for so many years, mm. and who've mastered so many like vital records, and they get asked by um, people that do just questions they've never been asked before. But then they also have the likes of like Jalen, who's like a kind of a footwork dancehall producer. Uh, like Janelle Monet did it this year. Uh, so it was those kind of, it could be anyone who turns up on the day and you just don't know. And it's really insightful and they put all their videos up online. So that's the other thing about it. Like, so with Red Bull announcing they're going to close the academy and its radio stations, you left me wondering what's going to happen to all of that very useful content for a lot of people. Like the Brian Eno talk is incredible. And, and he, there's lots of those kind of talks that exist up there. Um, but just, it's real, like... It was always the example I would use for a brand getting into the music space. It was like, how you do it right? Even their branding on site was never like tacky in any way. Mm -hmm. And they'd always just have some very subtle like Red Bull logos here and there, but and some fridges off in the distance. But like they had like a full like a lunch and dinner was all provided for everybody who was there. But it was like not branded or anything like yeah. that. It was just like really nice food. Yeah. Everybody looked after really well. I have an amazing place like. It was in Funk House in Berlin uh, last year. And that was just like, they had painted up the space. They had brought in furniture and they left all of that there for future. Um, so they'd really like invested in it. And I was really impressed with the level of investment and the le level of creativity. So I was just personally sad to see that uh, it is not going to be what around. What was the longer. reason for it? Was there a reason given or just <sighs> no that it was No real reason. Finishing? I think it was just, you know, um, they've been doing it for 20 years. They decided it, um, maybe they're going to move on and do other yeah. stuff. So... It's going to be, seems to be more localized as opposed mm -hmm. to global. I wonder because of the gap that's left there in terms of the brand, could, could another brand come in and just coordinate with the like non-brand organizers and do a similar oh, thing? Oh, it's totally Red Bull's thing though, yeah. that the Academy, yeah, yeah. It's like it's been there's, totally. There's a gap there though for. Yeah, well, I mean, that, that was the other thing. I remember like I went to New York one year and they, they left studios there that they'd built and with like really nice equipment and uh, a Neve desk in the basement mm -hmm. so anyone so they left it there they'd like they bought this space and used it and then left it there for lease and uh and same with funk house as well they did it up like that's where neil's Fram recorded his album and stuff like that so it's a working space for a lot of people so they really like did put investment into it so mm -hmm. quite the opposite of kfc yeah. and colonel sanders it's on stage shame, like, because it's definitely a time where that kind of stuff is needed the most you know uh not being able to have access to certain things that cost a lot of money yeah for Just sure and that there's someone there to be like here do it for free yeah and well, access to that kind of knowledge as well that yeah. like in depth like there's there's nothing like seeing an expert in their field like in the same room as you talking where they mightn't necessarily get the chance to like yeah. i don't imagine sound engineers always get like, like there was a really the good one this year really mic. good example of mandy parnell who uh masters all of the uh the xx's stuff and afx twin and bjork and she did a talk but she also did a workshop with all of the students and talking about mastering your tracks and all that kind of yeah. stuff and it was just like, like that's invaluable really practical really yeah. useful the kind of access you get to those people is uh, very rare um, because they're usually in a studio somewhere doing yeah. something else. And then they also have like mentors, like people like Flying Lotus and uh, Angel Deridorian, who were in kind of overseeing the whole thing and giving people advice and all that kind of stuff and sometimes jumping on songs and making songs with people. So it's that kind of thing that is like, you're like, 
just disappointing that that's happening but i guess you know things have to end unfortunately um but uh yeah i guess it's like for me it was always the anytime you're ever talking about brands and music is the number one thing when you're like this is how you do it right yeah and, for sure. and unfortunately did you get uh, free red bull uh, I was offered it, but they were like, you didn't, didn't have to take it. Good. <laughs> <Thank you. laughs> um, yeah, so I was uh, I was very impressed. Not like uh, Robert Smith last week, who, oh, well. <laughs> who appeared. Uh, I, was it a Rock and Roll Hall of Fame thing they were doing? Yes. Or something like that? Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. He was asked how excited he was about attending, and he responded. Hey, it's so nice to meet you. Hi. Congratulations, The Cure Rock and Roll Hall of Fame inductees 2019. Are you as excited as I am? Um, by the sounds of it, no. <laughs> <laughs> so as Robert Smith from The Cure, deeply unimpressed with uh, his uh, band's uh, feature or appearance at the Rock and Roll Hall I of Fame. I feel so sorry for that girl. <laughs> oh my God. Just trying to do her job. Just doing her job. She was probably told beforehand, like, you know, just really hype it up, be really excited, get people excited. And then fucking Robert Smith comes in, <laughs> king of the goths. Like, <laughs> it was very funny, though. God, he destroyed her. Yeah, he did. Oh, God. Uh, yeah, it's a funny thing, that whole Rock and Roll Hall of Fame thing is so... Oh, it's always anyway. a nightmare. Whenever the, like whenever the acts are announced, there's always controversy. Whenever it actually happens, there's always controversy. The, the, like, the one pure thing that came out of it was the Harry Styles and Stevie Nicks like adoption. I didn't, really, I didn't understand that. They so, said, like, Stevie Nicks is in it twice? Yes, so she's the first woman to ever be inducted into the Hall of Fame twice. So she, I believe it was before with Fleetwood Mac and then now with like her solo material oh, okay, so okay. she's in there twice you can, get, you can get it twice yeah yeah and um she did a, a performance with harry styles who is my son and husband um and <laughs> <That> must get <laughs> <awkward>. <laughs> wow. they he is both um but she she like basically like spiritually adopted him and they performed together and it was beautiful and it was amazing mm, yeah. um but yeah usually the a hall of fame spiritual adoption yeah oh, oh, yeah, the, her, her thing work. at the end i agree <laughs> <laughs> totally um but yeah the, the hall of fame stuff there's always like rubbish around it isn't there it's, yeah yeah so pillow queens who would be who would you like to adopt you in music if you had to pick spiritually somebody? spiritually a spiritual adoption uh christy moore Oh, good. And him just like kind of being his presence, give me that kind of ASMR voice that he has. Mm-hmm. I'd just be like, yeah, I'd be adopted by him. That could be arranged. Yeah. You know, that actually could be arranged. Because- yeah, that's not like a completely out of this world <laughs> request. <laughs> yeah, all of our dreams are so achievable. We're just like, oh, I'd love to play on top of the Stephen Screen car park and be spiritually <laughs> adopted Christy by Moore. Christy Moore. <laughs> I would actually like to be legally adopted by Christy Moore. So if you could do that, that'd be great. I'd say be into it. <laughs> I don't want it to be a kink or anything. <laughs> I, I want this to be a family love, not, not a weird one. Do you remember when I accidentally ripped him off or he ripped us off or no, there was no, some no. We, we, we didn't the song them. came out the same year though no it was a very old song are you sure oh yeah yeah no because okay, I showed um, you it's it's an old um, Chris Moore song called Lingo Politico and uh, he's like he says stay in the state and it's a state I'd never state. even heard it and then yeah. I was listening to it Pamela showed it to me and I was like uh oh oops <laughs> it's, just a, it's like, just a line don't at me Christy thought I made it up <laughs> <laughs> I think you just picked it up by osmosis right yeah, probably. Well, he's so he's so ingrained in our cultural consciousness that I think you can't go a day without quoting Christy Moore in one way or another. <laughs> Good, strong, Kildare man now. Yeah, he's great. It's lovely. I know a sister. 
Do you? Yeah, she was involved in all you the can, ages gigs. You can so sort you actually, this out. Oh, wow. I've never met him, but I know his sister. Yeah. Okay. He, she was That's involved in all the ages gigs back in the day. Would you accept being adopted as, as his niece? <laughs> Okay, fair. <laughs> <laughs> Aim high, Pamela. I like yeah. it. Thank you. <laughs> so another question for you. You recently were on the cover of GCN in very impressive photo shoot. Um, because you have a song called Favourite, um, referencing uh, Jorgis Lanthimos' film Favourite. Mm-hmm. Um, so who would pl- you like to play you in the movie of your life? Ooh. Oh, dear. There's a lot of film biopics at the moment. There's a horrible Motley Crue film out on Netflix oh, at the yeah, moment, not worth yeah. watching. Oh, but no. there are some great ones out there. So who do you think would like to, who would you like to play you in the film of your life? How about I pick yours and you pick mine? Okay. 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 I would say for you, um, Orlando Bloom circa Legolas. Thank you <laughs> so much. Because I, I was going to, I was going to say for myself, Harry Styles. So I'm really happy that you went He's like the Harry same, Styles. but okay, he does won, act. He, he can act. Him. He was great. Did you see him? Did, no, He's brilliant. Oh, he's he's in wonderful. Dunkirk, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He's wonderful. amazing at everything he does. <laughs> I mean, you'd watch it just for him. <laughs> I did watch it just for yeah, him. Same. He was magic. <laughs> um, yeah, for yours, I'm going to go with... No, but I'm hoping I get his name right. Um, I've said it to you loads of times oh, before. I know who it is. is it it's Darren Chris? Is that his name? Who's and he's Darren in... Um, he was in um, the 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 that fashion thing oh, that's on man. Netflix. Oh, uh, shooting of uh, Versace. Yes. Oh, right. Yeah. Yes. The assassination yes, 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 of yes, Gianni yes. Versace. Versace. Yeah. And there's so many like looks in that that it's just Pamela walking down the street <laughs> killing Gianni Versace, <laughs> and it's incredible. So yeah, he would do a really so, good Pamela. The, I can see the this, serial yeah. killer in uh, in the yes, American crime story. As long okay. as they're hot. That's okay, fine. very good. <laughs> oh, that'd be such a good movie. Just Legolas and <laughs> <laughs> your man from Glee. <laughs> oh, 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 sorry. If I want to watch it, the separate kind of like broke back night. Kind of <laughs> <laughs> I'm not be being in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, these are our smash hit style quick fire questions. <laughs> So we already know you have some really good t-shirt merch. Um, So is there anything you'd like to actually sell that you haven't sold yet? I noticed you like in your in your videos, your tour videos, you've had a a strange miniature hand. Why don't you brand the pillow queens? It's like the giant (laughs) finger at like football events, except it's just a really, really tiny hand that you put on top of your finger. We're actually, we're kind of creeped out ourselves by the hands. And now it's just been (laughs) such a long running (laughs) joke that we keep just... (laughs) (laughs) and we keep just taking them out in the tour videos and we're like this is hilarious but actually when we think about it we're like this is kind of gross and creepy plus it's been the same hand and it's filthy it's touched a lot of just random stuff yeah (laughs) it's covered in like sharpie as well just because we keep like writing our merch list with it and stuff fair we're trying to like give it i think you should do communion dresses I think that'd be cool. Yeah, I I think that would be like the gay girls video. Yeah. yeah. If I had a child, I'd just make it wear <laughs> a community yeah. dress. Yeah, I'd be into that. Yeah. I mean, they, people buy buy them for a lot of money. Like they true. do. You know, we could we could get a business going. We'd be minted. Um, I would like maybe um, 
What about pillowcases? Oh, I don't know. I think pillowcases are a bit dumb. <laughs> just because it's obvious. I know, it's it's, it's so on the obvious. nose, but I think I think it could work. I, I don't think I'd ever buy a pillowcase merch. Ah, you would. Well, my little sister has. Would oh. you buy one with Daniel O'Donnell's face on it? Christy Do Moore's face on it? So you'd have to have a matching <laughs> four set, you know, one for each band member, just your face. But how would you feel knowing that, like, you've no control over the people that buy that? Like, I feel like... You've you no control over what anybody does anything. That's you buy. true, yeah. But pillowcases yeah. Are, are an intimate object. I think, I think I'd, I, it would have to be a full duvet set. You know, yeah. Go, go. Yeah, because tip. if we were doing separate pillows, I'd feel weird if like the stocks were depleting on other members oh, and not yeah, me. You know, yeah. like I'd be really upset about that. So, what about what are those things that people get the like a boyfriend pillow? Like, oh yeah. Or, oh yeah. You know, there's just things that people hump. Oh god. <laughs> <laughs> We've gone a strange direction. We with have. <laughs> um, and I like it. Go on. <laughs> I don't know, like sex toys. That would be perfect. Yeah. But we're, no, a bit, we're a bit shy. So um, probably not. Maybe some um, dental dams. <laughs> socks. 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 Yes. Let's socks. go with socks. Good wholesome socks. Socks that can also be used as dental dams. Oh, God. <laughs> Stop. Oh, God. Now, finally in news this week, uh, Cardi B has said she's trademarking her signature phrase. Can anyone do it? Um, okay. okay. <laughs> yeah, I can't do it. I didn't even know what it was. It's not her phrase. Well, no, it's like when Paris Hilton tried it. to trademark that's hot and failed. Yeah. Which is why I can say it now. That's hot. <laughs> Take that, Paris. <laughs> Do you have a phrase that you would use an awful lot that if you someone forced you to trademark as part of some deal that you do? Is there uh, anything? I, I don't know about myself, but I do you. You talk like this all the time. <laughs> I got that from Kathy. It's not even me. Oh, I can't. It, once you start doing it, you can't stop. And it's the most frustrating thing in the world. It's, it's like, like when you're on the phone and you're like, yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That's yeah. where it started, I think. And then it just was like, it went on from there. Everything starts as a joke and then it takes over your life. So that's, yeah. yeah. It's like when you start saying things like ironically and then it just becomes part of your vocabulary. And you're like, hey, babes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or like chicken. I say chicken oh, now I say just that. Yeah. Ironically, I say that. Okay, chicken. Meaning fully Uh, well what I mean. That's disgusting. No, it's what your mommy calls you. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Okay. Leave it there. (laughs) (laughs) And we leave that there as well. Um, So we're going to move on to uh, discuss our album of the week. Uh, The Fontaines DC have an album out called Doggerel on April 12th. It is the band's debut album. They are a Dublin-based band who have been on the rise for the last uh, two years. Very quick, really. Probably about the same time you guys started, maybe. Something like that. I think they were around before. Slightly before you guys, yeah. Um, So they have an album out called Doggerel. It is coming out on Partizan Records. We can't actually play any of their music on this podcast because we didn't get a license for it. So this is going to make slightly strange uh, reviews. We can't play any music for you. But for everybody in the room, I'm going to play some music uh, from the album for context uh, and we'll be right back. Okay, for anyone not in the room, that was, uh, uh, we were just listening to The Fontaines, too real there. So the album. such a tease. I know. Well, well, you know, anyone can (laughs) listen to. You can just pause it and go on Spotify like it's already in there. Yeah, so you've just, we'll give you a second there. 
you can pause it and go and play Too Real by The Fontaines on Spotify or YouTube or any other outlet uh, where you get your music from. But uh, The Dogwell is the debut album from the band. It is 11 tracks. Uh, we've heard the likes of Too Real, Roy's Tune uh, and Big, the opening track from it. Um, and we've also heard, if you've been paying attention, there are new versions of previously released songs, uh, Liberty Bell, Boys in the Better Land, Checklist Reckless and Hurricane Laughter. So we've actually heard seven of the 11 songs in some capacity uh, before the album has been released. So uh, rather than um, really delve too deep into the album itself, uh, we will talk a bit about the album. Um, but I, we're kind of interested as well in, uh, you know, here's a band who have been very much hyped in the last, uh, especially in the last six months. I think there's a lot of, uh, been a lot of talk about the band internationally as well. They have been it started with the likes of KEXP doing some uh, sh- showcasing their uh, live sets from Airwaves. Um, and then they went over and did some sets. And there's been a lot of talk about the band um, in terms of P- a PR campaign almost um, from a, a, a UK publications. Today there was one in Vice that was... Uh, do you want to talk a bit about that today? Yeah, so... Um the the article that came out today from Noisy was uh, Dublin's rising guitar bands are too good and loud to ignore and it's basically a a profile and interview with Fontaine's TC and uh, kind of talking around bands like uh, the Murder Capital and Just Mustard as well and I think a lot of the criticism it, it the article itself faced a bit of criticism for the fact that it was kind of framing Irish music as being first of all, Dublin music, um, talking about places like Dundalk as being a town near Dublin, a bit strange in a country the size of <laughs> Ireland. Um, and sort of just saying that like, oh, wow, like the impression you get is, oh, Ireland has found guitars and uh, it's having this moment now when obviously we know that there are tons and tons of bands with guitars, present company included, who are making Unreal Music in Ireland now. So it's kind of, it's not quite the moment that it's being like portrayed as, I yeah, think. Yeah, I think that's maybe why it's possibly annoying some people who write about music as well and who mm. are interested in this because you create when... So one of the things about this is that, uh, like you're talking about the bands like, uh, you mentioned Joe Mustard, uh, but uh, Murder Capital and The Fontaines are both on the same, have the same PR company in the UK. Mm. And we're pretty sure that this was pitched as a feature to publications and Enemy wrote about it in the same capacity. There was a couple of others as well in the last few months who have written it's a about a lot of very similar yeah, articles coming out. For sure. Um, um, so that's happened a few times in the last uh, six months. And I think that's when when the, you kind of create these narratives. And when a narrative is created around Irish music, that doesn't feel like it's totally, you know, it's like no one likes being lumped into a category or, and then it kind of distorts what is actually happening here. Cause there's lots of different, obviously there's, we've discussed it every week and we feature it on the site every week. There's so much good Irish music of very different stripes happening uh, at the moment. So to kind of like lump the narrative into, Oh, it's only this happening is probably why people get annoyed with it. So with that in mind, how did you find the album? Drake? Um, I was, I was surprised by how much or how easily I got into it. Um, I was saying when, when we were when we had the break there that when Too Real came out, I didn't it it didn't click with me really, and um, I couldn't find a whole lot to grab onto. But the album as a whole, as a kind of as a narrative, I actually really really enjoyed. 
um, there were different sounds on it that I didn't quite expect. I thought it was, I was maybe a, a bit afraid it was all going to be that kind of very, like, we sound kind of like girl band kind of thing where it it wasn't. There was some kind of very, very tender moments on it. Um, the lyrics were really, really good. I was particularly struck by the song Television Screens. I just thought that was wonderful, absolutely gorgeous. Um, and as as a kind of a piece of, you know, this is like we're singing about Dublin now. It's it's an interesting time to be making music in and about Dublin um, with all of its changes and the kind of fear that we're losing a lot of our spaces and losing a lot of support for artists and musicians and kind of just artistry as a as a concept. Um, it's it was a nice kind of chronicle of that. Um, and yeah, I was just su- surprised by how taken by it I was. Yeah. Um, did you guys, Pam, Sarah, get a chance to listen to the album much? Yeah, I actually I really did like uh, uh, television screens. And I, no, I, I guess I wasn't surprised about anything. Um, but there was like certain songs that I was just like, oh, that's actually quite interesting. It's, it's the last song. Um, uh, Dublin. Dublin City Sky. Yeah, which just kind of moved away from how the rest of the songs were sounding, and kind of it was like a little, kind of like a little ballad almost. It reminded me of the Pogues. Yeah, yeah, yeah I thought that as well. Time. I immediately went to go listen to the Pogues, and I was like, "Is that an actual reference that I have?" But yeah, no, it was very much like that. I had to check and see if it was a cover of like an older. Yeah, song. yeah, yeah. It was like it, it's so um, very commendable, very mm. hard songs to write those ballads. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> You've tried. Yeah, I've got, I have a lot of passion inside me for Fontaine's DC, but I don't know how it's coming out. I don't, it hasn't like formed an opinion yet in me or something. Like I saw them live probably, I think it might have been now, well, it was at like first fortnight, but not last year, but the year before. And I was absolutely transfixed by them. I just couldn't take my eyes off them, but I was irritated. I didn't, I walked away from it and I was just like, I don't, that doesn't make any sense to me. Like I didn't understand what they were going for, but it stayed with me. I listened to them the next day. I listened to them the next day. I was trying to figure it out and trying to figure it out. Like, just panting them. <laughs> but I kind of feel like I'm still there a bit because every time I talk about them, I kind of, I'm holding my tongue, not because I have anything bad to say, but just because I'm not entirely sure what it is that I feel. But whatever it is that I feel, I feel very strongly about it. Yeah. Is it a case of, do you feel like the band uh, have made a really good uh, rock and roll record, for want of a better term, but also maybe maybe don't represent themselves and who they are themselves? Maybe they're wearing some sort of, you know, a bit of an identity that maybe isn't fully theirs. mm, That might be it. I think it might be more that it's not representing my identity and that's why I'm finding it really difficult to to get into it. Like I'm listening to this song, these songs about like Dublin as this city that like it's so poetic and you know it's just a different interpretation of Dublin than I've ever had. And I've lived in Dublin my whole life but I've never written a song or any lyrics anything like that. Um, But that's you know again that's not to say that's a, a negative and maybe I should be exposed to different interpretations of the city and different kind of musical versions of it. It does feel like a very romanticized uh, version of Dublin that it feels maybe old fashioned in that way. Like it is inspired by 
poets of old and mm. music of James old. There's James Joyce references and yeah. stuff on and it. And they have talked about that in interviews as well, for yeah. sure. Um, yeah, and, and I think that that interview kind of, I think that was one of the problems I had with it, was that it did have a very kind of singular um, presentation of Dublin and Dublin music through Fontaine's DC like oh the the lads met in a pub and they used to swap poetry together and then they formed a band and you know in reality that that's not that's not the story here you know it's not it, it it's not a, it, nothing is as romantic as that sounds um and it's not like you go into every bar in Dublin and and there's people swapping poetry and stuff and that like it's absolutely fine that they are um but I think my problem with the piece was that it presented Dublin as having this sort of renaissance where everyone's just discovered old poetry and now they're writing music about it or something right, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. That so that was the thing about like the band have always had this iconography around Dublin and that's been something they've done in their artwork a lot with like bang bang and stuff like that I guess this is just a fact like a couple of the members aren't from Dublin they're mm. from Mayo and uh, they're not all originally from Dublin, so maybe exposed. that's what some <laughs> is, that, is that what is that something that maybe people are aware of, and maybe they're taking into consideration when this uh, narrative forms around a band, where especially when it's like UK publications are writing about Irish music, and they're not quite fully aware of the facts, and they're, and then this narrative creates of oh, all these bands in from Dublin are doing this thing, and the reality of most people who are based in Dublin, like any other city are actually um, from somewhere else as well, you know. So you get that kind of distortion of reality in these narratives that do kind of irk people who are actually know what maybe met these people and know what those people are like and know what else is going on, you know. But in a way, like, you know, your narrative is, is your narrative and that's kind of what people want. People, like, when you're sending stuff to like blogs and stuff, they want a narrative. Like we didn't meet on a basketball court. No, we didn't. Spoof. Yeah, <laughs> we've been on we a basketball court. Basketball Exclusive. <laughs> well, you know, like we read. Sorry, I'm following up on your like what you're saying, Pamela. But like any article that we re read about Pillow Queens, like everybody comments on like how they're just we're all of our lyrics are like massively political, and like we've played a, such a part in like the repeal movement and like the referendum on on same sex marriage and like. All that kind of thing. And we're all the while just like writing love songs and like yeah. kind of, you know, yeah. taking the piss a little bit. And like the, the narrative, it. it's kind of being created for us, around us, mm. um, based on like very small snippets of information that we're given. And maybe the same is to be said for Fontaine's who like, they do like poetry. I mean, we share practice space with them. The lads do sit around talking about poetry. Mm. Um, but that's only like a small part yeah, of them. It's such a small, it's like when when you kind of present a band as like, these are the band that like poetry. It, I, I think it takes a lot away from like, well, hard, hard work that's put into songwriting. You know, you do like songs don't just like pop into your head because you're a poetic sort. Like it's, it's hard work to sit down and write a song. But I think, I think the album's interesting because like it feels like a quintessentially Dublin album, like, lyrically at least. And I don't. Yeah, there's a lot of references. I don't to think Dublin we've had places. one of them in a while. Yeah. Like so I think that's probably the thing I found most interesting about it. I'm a bit like yourself where I, I, I wasn't hearing the same Dublin that I experienced. Yeah. Um and But that's okay, because like, you know, I think we've talked about it before as well, like uh 
sometimes the authenticity thing around artists and in, in music is it's a bit of a double standard because like if you tell stories in movies or theater or drama or anything else you can embody a character and do whatever you want but we all want our artists to have this authenticity yeah. that sometimes isn't fair because if you want maybe you don't have that authentic voice in you and maybe you want to like exaggerate something and yeah. maybe you want to embody something else and is that okay well nobody wants 100 percent realism in their in their music because otherwise it would just be you know like people just speaking into a mic like you don't like you you do need to have a narrative i think yeah i think we all uh, yeah i think it maybe is slightly unfair to the fontaines to say that um you know they don't represent a dublin because they're mm. they're lads who live in dublin who, who write live here and embody it and write music here and have started here and so their experience of Dublin however poetic or romantic they may see it in yeah. their songs isn't an invalid yeah, reason that's it. to yeah. isn't a valid reason to dislike them for example mm. so taking that out of the equation then how did you find the album overall I would say uh, I enjoyed this album a lot it's not probably totally exactly my taste but I do find a lot of enjoyment in it I think they're a really good live band I think these songs are going to sound really good live I think the songs that they've re-recorded not too radically different from there's they're now up on Spotify as the Darklands version Darklands studio versions the original ones they released so there are four different new versions of those songs Hurricane Laughter Check Those Reckless Liberty Bell and Boys in the Betterland and I remember hearing Boys in the Betterland for the first time and it's still I still re- that still resonates with me you know there's lines in there that still resonate with me like uh, get get a car and get get the hell out of here all that kind of stuff and like you said the pose is a, is a really surprising almost but it's kind of hiding in plain sight for for the band Fontaine's you know there's a very close connection to their music and the way they make it to the kind of raggle taggle uh, Pogues sound and they really do embody that in the last song which is really interesting so that was something I was certainly surprised by but I think as an album overall it uh, works quite well I think it's going to do really well for them as a band they're obviously on the on the up already they were on Soccer AM over the weekend that's <laughs> on Soccer AM um, and they've got a lot of uh, gigs coming up so I think this will only compound the uh, excitement that people have about them they have a serious amount of tour dates coming up as well uh, all over Europe um, and a lot of sold out gigs as well uh, I think they've been playing with um, is it Idols and Shame both of those bands recently as well that's another thing that kind of has benefited them they have been um, kind of co-opted into that idea that scene of uh, mostly very masculine uh, music that's very either politically charged or uh, realist lyrics and uh, Idols played last night I haven't actually seen them yet live I couldn't yeah, go last oh, night they're very good yeah, they're yeah really I hear they're great yeah, I didn't go, but we we played. We them. played with them. We played with them. <laughs> uh, after idols and Jesus, you don't want to you don't want to play before them. <laughs> uh, it was their first stadium show, and it was our first stadium show. And let me tell you, they were very different shows. <laughs> <that we put laughs> off. Oh, they're yeah, they're amazing. Yeah. So, would you find yourself going back to this album, Dre? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, it'd be interesting to see where it lands at the end of the year, whether it'll uh, have the legs. I think it will, in terms of the critical uh, discourse around it. I think music. it's it's got enough hype to propel it forwards either way, whether whether people want it or not, it's going to stick around. Um. <laughs> yeah, for sure. They are going to be playing uh, two homecoming shows in Vicar Street in December 7th and 8th. First one's already sold out, so... 
We will be hearing a lot more from the Fontaines for the rest of the year, I'm sure of it. So that is Fontaines, and the album is called Doggle, out on April 12th on Partisan Records. Now, we'll move on to Songs of the Week. Uh, we uh, Our first song for this week is from King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard. Uh, a new song from them called Boogeyman Sam. Man Sam from King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard. Their uh, forthcoming album released on April 26th is called Fishing for Fishies. And it is <laughs> it is the Seven Pieces 14th album since 2012. They ran out of titles. <laughs> what about Fishing for Fishies? That Love sounds it. Go great. For it. <laughs> they are a peculiar peculiar band because they played the olympia last year so they'd show um and they very much are seem to be a very much word of mouth band like pers- by the sheer quantity of music they released they have uh garnered enough fans to sell out the olympia in dublin um and this is pretty indicative of their music overall isn't it it's kind of like the psych boogie kind of um garage rock stuff so i picked this song for this week but i don't know them at all i just came across it on a playlist and i was like oh my god this is unreal we need to talk about this um and then i obviously saw that i've now got 14 albums to go and enjoy which is unreal um will you go and listen to 14 albums absolutely yeah yeah i there's nothing that makes me happier than discovering a band that has like a massive discography because i love just spending like weeks at a time with one artist so i'm gonna be getting okay. into these and if this isn't indicative of their sound then yeah it pretty much is yeah it's like they make a lot of this kind of music yeah like, it's, it's i like this a lot it's like a more kind of kind of psychedelic um rocky uh of montreal thing where it's just a bit whimsical and a bit a bit silly but also like killer riffs and really really yeah. cool sound i feel like this band just wake up in the morning and make songs and mm. then they go to bed and yeah and they make songs in the morning and then it is that they don't do anything else yeah realistically like, 14 sort of, albums yeah they, that's all they have to do yeah <laughs> they really don't have time for two albums else. last year as well so yeah <laughs> oh sorry they released five albums in 2017 alone God, what i want to get what have you guys been doing this? <laughs> Where are the five albums oh in 2018? Where's the one? <laughs> what did you guys think of this track? 
I really liked it. I really liked it. I, it's it's not my kind of music. Well, it's not too far, I suppose. Kathy's kind of music. It is Kathy's kind of music, yeah. yeah. Um, it's, yeah, I really liked loads of elements of it. Like, I love the guitar tone on it. I love the drums on it. I think it's really thoughtful drums. Um, yeah, it was, it was a bop. It was catchy. I would yeah. go back to it. Yeah, the bl- bluegrassy hook at the beginning. I was like, oh, this is very interesting. Yeah. And then... I think it sounds like a, the intro song to like some American TV show. Oh, yeah. <laughs> or like it could be. Like yeah. Genji Cone. Yeah. Something weird. Yeah. To do with drugs. Yeah. I can see it. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. Comedy. It'd be great. Nice. Pitch it. <laughs> All I have is this one song. <laughs> but they have 14 albums, so we have a lot to work with. We were talking about this in the context of the Cork artist Laurie Shaw. Are you familiar with Laurie Shaw at all? He I has, a, well, I saw a tweet from him yesterday and he said, um, if you, you can go into my band camp right now and you can download... Uh, all of my albums for $30 and I'll tell you how many albums that was what was it 30 something albums I think it's 33 and albums. 10 EPs so uh, yes <laughs> and quite a lot of music there was I found I was talking about this recently because I found for a limited time only that's 22 albums sorry and oh. t- I just gave him an extra 10 there no big deal <laughs> and 10 EPs and singles <laughs> for 30 quid so there you go it's a bargain Laurie Shaw is just 24 and he's released 22 albums so far and that also doesn't count <laughs> no he was 24 that oh also <laughs> how many albums <laughs> we, we didn't bring you in here to shame you <laughs> this wasn't this wasn't our goal <laughs> <laughs> so there's I mean he's only two really, albums between us yeah. yeah he's I think he's released like three already this year but I look oh, I would say it's quality not quantity right yes, I think that's, that's fair to say um, and for me looking at 22 albums in one go you're like oh god that's so daunting I don't yeah. want to go it's just too much for me yeah. I was like some, somebody needs to make me a playlist Trey you're the one to make the I'll, playlist I'll make the playlist so you're going to make a King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard best of playlist for me I'll, I'll do it for next week okay great say it twice as fast <laughs> King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard <laughs> I've said it enough I know how to say it <laughs> <laughs> so we move on to our next song of the week it is from Rosalia it is Con Con Altura <laughs> Tan fuerte los vientos Ponte el cinturón y coge asiento A tu jeva ya la vi por dentro El dinero nunca pierde tiempo Contra la pared Tú lo si le tuve que comprar un trago Porque la tenías con sed Desde acá qué rico se ve No sé de qué pero rompe el bajo otra vez Mira so that is Rosalia. The song is called Con Altura, as we've discussed about Rosalia on this podcast before. Yeah, that is a very different sound from her. Um, she released an album last year called El Malquera, which was actually kind of flamenco and R&B based. And her first album was totally flamenco and old fashioned flamenco music. And uh, so she released this album probably November last year and very much a modern twist on flamenco infused with like r&b some amazing videos if you haven't seen them yet guys like 
do check it out. It's so mm-hmm. cool. Um, amazing music videos. Uh, so this is a bit of a left turn from Rosalia with J Balvin. So it's a reggaeton song. My only experience with reggaeton is that I detest it usually. Um, I was at Primavera in Barcelona two years ago and it's a lovely festival to go to because in the daytime you can go to the beach and hang out. And we did that and there was a guy near us who had a Bluetooth speaker and it turns out that sand is a really good absorption for the reggaeton beat. Um, yeah. And every reggaeton song sounds exactly the same because it always has that doom. Doom, doom, doom. and that's it and like because you don't understand the lyrics you don't really know what they're singing about so all you can really ascertain is that beat mm. um so i guess it's no surprise that i like this song because rosalie is doing it um so i'm like oh she's done a reggaeton song and i like it of course i do mm. um but uh, it's a bit of a left turn for her she did a was it Lollapalooza or something like that? No, Co- no Coachella isn't on yet. But she did uh, Lollapalooza last weekend, played this song. She's also featured on um, James Blake's album as well. And apparently there's a song coming with Billie Eilish. And no Rosalie way. Oh so, my God. So that's an interesting turn Two of my top mocks of the past year. <laughs> that's great. <laughs> Sorry, mocks. I can't believe you said that in front of us. <laughs> <laughs> two of, she said. Two of, two of the six. <laughs> so... Bearing in mind this isn't very representative of Rosalia overall, mm-hmm. um, it seems to be a once-off song. How did you find this song, Con Altura? I got really excited when I started listening to it because I was like, "Oh, this is gonna be, this is gonna be a banger, this is gonna be a banger, this is gonna be a banger," and I, I th- then it didn't go anywhere. It just stays the same. It stays yeah. the same, and I guess I, I, I haven't listened to what, what, what did he say? Was uh, reggaeton. Reggaeton. And I was like, "Oh, I thought it was just, I thought something going wild was gonna happen at the end." Now they did kind of go off at the end a little bit, but I was like. Oh, I was waiting for something to drop or something. Or like Pitbull to come in and do a verse. I, was, I, I don't know what it was. But like when I listened to it on speakers, I was just like, yeah, actually, this is pretty class. But yeah, no, I was waiting for something wild to happen at the end and I didn't get that. So I was kind of chomping at the bit. Mm. I'd say like on a beach in Barcelona, I'd be into it. I think I'd enjoy it more in that context, but like on a rainy Irish day. And it was, you know... I did listen to it in the gym and it was just like this would it just kind of slots between two other like workout song playlists. That <laughs> yeah. I was like, I don't yeah. know. It's, it's a bit of a strange flex for her. I think uh, the whole thing is that she just really loves a reggaeton and always wanted to do a song. So she ended up writing one. Um, she says it has um, fuses salsa and Cuban rhythm in there as well. So, sure. you know, something different. Why not? Uh, yeah, I guess you're right. I'm just like she can't do any wrong for me at the moment. So like, yeah. I, I now like a reggaeton song. That's where we're at. <laughs> with, for with me, I was kind of um, like, she's, she's the best thing on the song and she's, her voice is. Yeah, that's what a, I like about it. Yeah. I think, as well. She like, just has this lovely breathy great. voice and I think that she could pretty much do anything. Um, but well, say it, she could sing the phone book. She could sing the phone book. <laughs> I would buy that album. Absolutely. Um, but nothing else about it I think I, I was the same it just sort of stayed the same level the whole time and maybe if something had kind of changed or switched up in it that might have helped but no it's definitely for the club it's for the club for yeah the club. yeah for the Barcelona right. club <laughs> we move on to uh, a new song from kneecap this is called H-O-O-D Hood <laughs> Dreams name, the lamina loaded. I'm a hitch, double D, low lace 
job What the fuck is that when our poor Mickey's just sitting in the flat Sipping on his cans and smoking rollies Cause all the best jobs are taken by the doggies Sweaty black and crack in my that is Kneecap from Belfast, song called H-O-O-D. Are you guys from, heard of Kneecap before? Yes, yeah. of course. What's your experience with Kneecap? Uh, didn't they play in Bang Bang, Bang, Bang in Fisbury? Yeah. yeah. Like an anti-Palestine gig? Oh, really? Not anti-Palestine. <laughs> Pro- Pro-Palestine. <laughs> you can cut that out. <laughs> I didn't even cop it. I was like, it was out, and I was like, yeah, I've said the word Palestine, so I've gotten it right. <laughs> At a pro-Palestine gig. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure. I'm not sure what what the reason the gig was. And I know um, I was I was supposed to go, but uh, I think it was working or something. Um, I really want to see them live because I've seen videos of, you know, I've never seen so many. Gale Gore's lit at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> just going full 90. And I just want to be part of that kind of energy. And, you know, I feel like as, as someone who's um, learning Irish on Geolingo right now, I, I feel like they're, they're banned for me at this moment. Yeah, but, for sure. Um, I think a festival environment would be really cool to see yeah. them in. Um, I'd seen like videos from there. Was a workman's show they did kind of recently enough that looked class. So I keep on hearing like really wild things about them, like getting kicked out of like a DCU show that they, they were booked for. Yeah, so they were oh, booked yeah. to play, it and apparently the bouncers took uh, offense to their lyrics. Um, and then they played uh, in the Empire in Belfast the night after. Uh, William and Kate were there in the same venue mm. and they were shouting Brits out <laughs> as yeah. they do. And that's one of the interesting things about you know. Uh, the idea that uh, a lot of slogans like Up the Ra and Chuggy Garla have been co-opted in this kind of strange way that doesn't really mean what they used yeah. to mean. Yeah, it's like a memification yeah. of the of those things that I, I think is rooted in a, a, a nationalism somewhere. But Yeah, you know, definitely. It's... But it feels like, you know, like even in this song, there's parts of it where you're like, they're saying that, but then they're like puncturing it with lines that are a little bit more... Uh, about uh, you know, the, it was like there's going to be a bloodbath. There's going to be a footpath. Yeah, you know stuff yeah. like that. Or like it's all very. Where's my bus pass? Yeah. You know, like uh, so. It kind of reminds me. It's definitely the most banging tune they've made, and uh, they're definitely a band on the up. Uh, but yeah, that kind of kind of whole thing is obviously getting lost in translation in certain uh, things. It's kind of confrontational in lots of ways. You know, like yeah. that kind of idea. I'm interested. You're you're learning Irish again. Well. I- Again, again. Well, look, <laughs> I was like a terrible the first time around. <laughs> I can't speak Irish at all. Yeah, neither can I. But it's going, it's going okay. Uh, yeah, I just wanted to to try it again because um, I was a very bad student. So I was like, you know what, I, I want to be able to speak my mother tongue, and um, it's kind of it's very hard. But uh, I've been listening to like podcasts and stuff, and that kind of helped me. And you know, there's a lot of um, Irish language music as well, like with, with kneecap, and there's a few. There was a few I've been listening to, and I was just like, like the Gloaming's last record yeah, as well. Yeah. Like loads and of that. so that's pretty great. Maybe like one day I can write a, a song, Osquale, but that'll be probably a long time off. Um, but these guys are mixing like the English and and uh, certainly with the song is the most they've mixed English and Irish. Yeah, together. I noticed that. I was just like, yeah. oh. So I don't know if that's the plan from now on, but uh, it is, you know, it's cool. It was cool to hear, like you said, them kind of do something new to a language that, you know, for many people who haven't heard, especially that kind of level of competence in 
Irish rap as well. Mm. Um, so that's really interesting. It's a total banger as well. Like yeah, it's just, that helps. You can just imagine like driving really, really, really fast while listening to it. It just kind of like... Uh, Riles you up, up like... Of, like a video game or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> It has that effect for sure. That's an ECAP. We'll have to go check them out live soon. And another person we'll have to see live again soon is Peggy Goo. She has a new song out called Starry Night. And this is what it sounds like. That is Peggy Goo, uh, and we were discussing that earlier on, that Peggy Goo's uh, gigs sometimes feature people uh, pulling their shoes up in the air, because Peggy Goo rhymes with shoe, and it happened to Glassbury one year, apparently, you know, a sign of appreciation for your music is to take your shoes off and hold it in the air. I love that so much. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> so you guys were enthusing about this song there uh, while it's we were so playing good. it. It's so good. It's so good. I can't fault it at all. It's, when I, I when I listened to it for the first time, it was just like, kind of, as it comes in, it sounds like, uh, you know, those preloaded songs on, on like a keyboard that you get for Christmas. Yeah. And I was like, okay, okay. And then you could hear, uh, then the, the vocals come in and I was like, someone hand me a warm can. I'm going to <laughs> Absolutely. You know, yeah. bury that. I yeah. Like, oh, I can't wait for summer. It just makes you really, really crave summer. Yeah, yeah, she's definitely made those kind of tunes. The tune last year it was one of my favourites of the year called Makes You Forget. Very similar to this as well, actually. Um, but it had that kind of like shimmery, summery vibes to it. Mm. And uh, like she made a couple of EPs and uh, really nice kind of nighttime music. And she's certainly like Korean and Berlin based and really, really successful and doing really interesting things and making great music and singing on her tracks as well. And so she's, uh, she's just a great artist and one of the, one of my favorite DJs and producers the last couple of years for sure. Mm. Will we play the Peggy Goo song before? Will we talk about Peggy Goo before here? No, I think we, we were going to talk about it last week and we oh, yeah. didn't. Yeah. Um, it's total bop. It's so good. It's it's an earworm as well. Like I come in um, before we were recording earlier and I was just sort of like reading things, getting ready for the podcast and just like humming it and yeah. singing it. It's just an earworm. It stays in your head like all day mm. and it's fine. It can live there. It's grand. <laughs> it's good. It's, <laughs> it's good. lovely. Great. That's it for Tracks of the Week this week. Um, and uh, we're nearly finished actually. So what we usually do at the end of our podcast is ask people what you've been listening, watching, or reading this week. So we'll start with you, Sarah. Oh, we'll start with you, because <laughs> I'll give you some time to think about it. So regular listeners have been waiting for this moment for quite a while. I finished Better Call Saul. It happened. Yay. I finally finished it. Um, it was unreal. I was like moved at the end. Um, I cried during the last episode. I wasn't expecting to feel any of these feelings. Um, I miss it. 
I'm bereft. <laughs> like it's it was wonderful. It was so so. Have you guys watched it? No, never. No. I haven't even uh, watched uh, Breaking Bad. Breaking Bad. <gasps> oh my no, god, I'm so jealous. <laughs> you've you've got it all. It like the day you decide to do it, gonna make, it's a huge set. Your life is going to change. <laughs> in like uh, ten years or something. Yeah. It, well, it'll always be there waiting for you. It's wonderful. Uh, so Better Call Saul is great. Um, I. Have, I've been bad at reading this week. Um, I'm still actually. I started reading um, Celeste Ning. Ed, it, it, Ng is her surname, um, and the book is Little Fires Everywhere, and it's very, very good so far. And listening, I've been listening to. I don't remember. <laughs> not not much other than the Fontaines. Um, that's that's fair enough. I would and, say the same. Yeah, this. I, like, yeah I've I been at a lot this. of gigs, so I've just been listening to music that's been happening around me a lot. Um, and then obviously returned to the Julia Jacqueline album after the after the gig. And I, li- I actually did listen to the first Empress of record. Oh, did you? Yeah. And I did like it a lot. Oh, yeah, so you were right. <laughs> um, but yeah. Very good. I've been listening to the Billie Eilish album again, actually. I've, after reviewing it last week, we were like... <laughs> um, is that one of yours? That was my one, yeah. <laughs> well, you can go then. You can go. You can talk about it. Oh, it's so good. Because we talked about it last week on the podcast. So yeah, yeah, the more I learn about it, the more I love it. Because I like when I was listening to it first, I was like, oh, there's so many like writers in this. There's so many producers. There's like huge studios behind this. There must be. And then kind of learning that it's like her and her 21-year-old brother like recording it and like writing it all themselves. And it's just blowing my mind. Yeah. I'm impressed and jealous in equal parts. And it's just so good. And I can't wait to try and do a cover of it with Pillow Queens. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what song would you cover? Um, I, I'd love to do I Wish You Were Gay. Mm-hmm. I think it'd be so good. I'm going to have some property. Uh, it's, you it's could mash brilliant. it up and have I Wish You Were Gay Girls. Yes. And just have like the two. <laughs> oh, it's just brilliant. It's a great album. It's really good. And uh, yeah, like you said, like for a 17 year old and a 21 year old. And that's what I like about it. Like the, that there's no other we tried to verify this early on just to make sure but like I don't think anyone else is involved in it at all it's incredible. and that's why it works so well I think it's yeah. like it's its own it's just totally its own world mm. um, so that's what I really enjoyed but Pam what about yourself? Uh, well, obviously I've been listening to a lot of Christy Moore obviously <laughs> <laughs> but like actually yeah uh, hip, like a lot of Christy Moore and Planksy at the moment just deep diving into that um, but usually reason I haven't listened to too much new music I just keep on whenever I'm like oh I need to listen to something I'll, I'll listen to Tierra Whack like yeah. all the time just such a that that one kind of very short album that she the 15 had, minute just, album Whack World yeah just like back to forth and back to forth like it's, and it's because so it's weird. 15 minutes as well it kind of like it flies by and then you're like I'll just put it on again yeah mm. it's like it reminds me of um, uh, do you remember uh, when that Jai Paul um, yeah, was released. It was also like such short songs that you just or not think, released as yeah, as the well, case I mean, was. I yeah. downloaded it completely, so <laughs> I, I listen to it all the time now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't uh, even know if I have that anymore. I must have a look. Oh, I can send it to you. Oh, great! <laughs> <laughs> not allowed to do that. Uh, but uh, yeah, no, it's, oh, it's such a beautiful. Like she's so oh, she's so good at just coming up with hooks. It's it's yeah impossible. it's just like a showcase for hooks isn't it that yeah like she's thing. like hey i can do this i'm a master and she is so bow down to her uh i i'm not very good at reading i i have like piles of books next to my bed and i've been like dipping into the same book for the past like 10 months 
What's the book? Uh, Talking to My Daughter About the Economy by Yanis Varoufakis. Okay. It's a very good book. I just... I think I, I've actually heard that. I think yeah, I've had it recommended to me. I just... I can't get into it. So I, I listen to podcasts. So I've been listening to a lot of po- podcasts about um, Elizabeth Holmes. You know, you're one that... Uh, she... Well, she invented something that she didn't invent. Like some uh, test to, you know, uh, figure out if you're sick. Like test you like... 100 different types of tests and it was all fake oh and she was like a like worth billions and billions and now she's probably gonna go to prison but it's gas oh my god like this and i think she puts that on what's the name in the podcast what was it called um i can't remember well, we'll but I, went, I listened to the whole thing one day and I was like, she is a mad bitch. And, and is it, she's making it or she's being interviewed in it? Oh, like she, she's like, she's been charged and stuff. So this is oh. being made about her. Oh, about her. Right. Okay. Yeah. Mad. Oh my God. I'm going to check that out. That sounds mad. And they're going to be, they're making a film about her and Jennifer Lawrence is going to play her. Oh. I know. Sorry, yeah. I'm, I'm just like opening your world to Elizabeth Holmes because did you, you ever watch Romeo and Michelle? Yes, yes. yes. I yes. literally watched that again for the first time in years, like last weekend. It's brilliant. Which yeah. one's the actress that doesn't is not like uh, Phoebe Buffay? <laughs> uh, not Lisa Kudrow. Don't Yeah, good question. What is her name? I, is, yes, her. she talks like her. Okay, but even deeper, but like that kind of Valley Girl deep voice. Oh, I could just, listen to that on a yeah. podcast for sure, <laughs> definitely. But uh, yeah, no, it's a uh, very interesting story. And any telly recommendations or film recommendations? Dairy Girls. Dairy Girls. Yeah, Dairy Girls is great. I binged that in a day um, at Broad City. God, oh. the latest season is just wonderful. I haven't watched that yet. Oh I haven't my seen God. the latest season yet, it's but I adore them. the best one. Is um, it? Yeah. Is it? Yeah. I, yeah, okay, cool. That's like, something I've to really loved to. it, and I kind of thought, you know, what else can they do with this? But they've really, I think, been very inventive in the new season, and kind of tackle things that not like obvious things you'd expect them to tackle and yeah it's just really good and it's really funny and super relatable and i just yeah. love them i watched the first episode that was just insta story insta stories right when it was it was perfect like that's class because when i heard about it i was like oh that's gonna be yeah really you kind of think it's gonna be annoying and then you're like oh even like when you first the first 30 seconds or so you're like oh this is gonna be jarring and then you totally forget about it and you're like this is, I do spend a lot of my time actually watching Insta stories anyway. So, yeah. so like, you know, yeah. Yeah. so used to it. I, I'd be sitting there just like looking at Grania's show. Well, not Grania. Sheila shows Insta stories. Just been like, I didn't know she did Insta stories. Oh, yeah, she man. does. She's follow her. Wonderful. She's <laughs> beautiful. <laughs> yeah, she's great. It's been like uh, Drake last week in his big uh, Dublin shows and his new stage setup. His, his stage is actually just an iPhone. Like, oh wow! <laughs> like, I heard terrible things about that gig. I heard yeah, mixed things too, about yeah. it. Mixed things about it. Yeah, sure. I've, he played forty-one songs in in over the course of uh, whatever ninety minutes or whatever. Two so he hours. didn't play a full song. No. No, no. He, he seems to just play like the medley version and then move on. Like, he had a big car or something. Car on drones or something flying around the stage. Strange. Uh, yeah. My um, podcast actually recommendation for this week is uh, one I listened to for the first time ever called Pillow Talk. And it had uh, the rapper Vic Menza on it talking about his uh, love addiction. Okay. Um, so which was very frank and, and something I didn't know he was experiencing and he goes very talks a lot about um this program that he went into basically he had a, an addiction to love and sex and uh, a relationship like uh, the Netflix show Love have you ever seen that have you ever watched that uh, with uh, yeah. Gillian Jacobs and oh right a, yeah, yes, the, yes 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 I stopped watching one. that yeah um it's great 
stick with it because it's about that. Um, I think the character just starts, really started to annoy me. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, <laughs> I know her, her character is wonderful in it, but um, yeah. That yeah, well, sense. I just found this, it was really interesting, especially from an American rapper. It's not something you normally hear. And he really talks about his, like, he spent six months uh, in this program mm. where he couldn't, like, talk to a, a prospective partner or anything like that or mm. masturbate or anything like that. It was just really interesting and very frank. And uh, so that was my podcast recommendation for this week. TV-wise, I've been watching, and I said this to you last week, uh, Better Things. Have you seen this? It's uh, Pamela Adlon. Um, she's close association to Louis C.K. Yeah. she's doing well with your name Um, she uh has this beautiful program called better things which is about one of the most like real programs i've ever seen about family and like juggling work and just really funny she's fucking hilarious and it's just it feels really real and really like one of the episodes new episodes is about her uh basically having a grudge against her kid's parent uh kid's friend's parent because her friend uh because uh their kids are like eight or whatever and they had a fight on the playground and she goes to the school parent school uh day and she like then starts a fight with the parent because they never apologized to oh, her mom like playground this. politics yeah it's really good it's it, really like, good and, love uh, it. <laughs> there's a lot about family and just like juggling that and they go like go-karting and like stuff like that just it's really really well done it kind of reminds me of transparent in the way that it's about real people and it really feels like real characters mm-hmm. and it's totally based on her own life as well. The show itself is notable as well because she is the producer, director and writer of the whole thing. So, and she's brought a lot of women in on to do all the different roles uh, behind the camera as well. That's and cool. she made a concerted effort and it. There's a really good New Yorker profile of her as well worth reading. So better things do check that out. It's really cool. good. Cool. Um, so that's it from the podcast this week. Uh, thank you, Pam and Sarah from Pillow Queens for coming, so in coming in and being our co-hosts. Uh, I really appreciate it. Uh, so yeah, we'll see you again on April 13th on Saturday afternoon, Record Store Day, as part of the Music Town gig that you're playing Dublin Is Sound alongside Tebby Rex, God Knows and Squarehead. So looking forward to having some kids in front of you there and hopefully seeing their first ever gig. Yay! That'd be great. I'm looking forward to it. Um, Dre, thanks so much. And uh, we are back next week. We have all twins on the podcast. I know for sure. Other than that, we have no idea what's happening. Who knows? Uh, Yes. So um, thank you very much. We're going to finish with a song from our uh, co-hosts, Pillow Queens. Thank you so much. This is Gay Girls. Thanks, everybody. Bye.
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.